5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. up and running on a get you to the weekend Friday edition Patrick Johnson Patrick Johnson show it's nice to have you along a huge episode today of course uh, we're driving you towards East Carolina University baseball USF all weekend we'll have the games coming up at uh, 630 East Carolina and South Florida Scooter and Coach O on the call as uh, we'll be bringing you coverage beginning at 615 it's the Patrick Johnson Show leading up to that point. Ben Byron producing uh, today. Uh, let's uh, zing on over to uh, some news and headlines. Uh, before we get to our guests, we're going to talk with uh, the VP and AD for South Florida, Michael Kelly. We had him back on in the fall during football for the pregame show. He has uh, been in the ACC office. He has also uh, been part of the college football playoff uh, uh, hierarchy. So uh, a real interesting perspective that he brings to the job at South Florida and also to the Americans. So a good guest. We'll talk to him as he's in Greenville today, coming up in a little bit. Today's also the final day for Tom McClellan as uh, the media relations contact for Pirate Football and the director of uh, the Sports Information Shop, as we used to call it uh, back in the day. Uh, We'll tell you what Tom is going to be doing as he'll join us here in a few minutes. It's going to be real nice to have him on and uh, give him an opportunity to – Kind of thank him for his service to uh, East Carolina. But first, a few things to touch on here before we head into the break. Of course, last night, East Carolina Athletics and the Pirate Club revealed its $60 million Pirates Unite campaign towards several projects. Uh, The much valued and anticipated indoor practice facility. Uh, This was uh, an event Thursday evening held here in Greenville, the initiative uh, also includes renovating Minji's Coliseum and a baseball building expansion inside Clark LeClaire Stadium, 
among other uh, items. Over 80% of the overall money, according to the ECU chancellor, has been raised. Now, this is a, a capital campaign that uh, does go beyond athletics and is into the half-billion-dollar uh, area as far as the projections uh, to just make overall capital improvements around East Carolina University, sort of a joint effort uh, among Pirate Club athletics and the university as a whole. So that's some of the big story that has kicked off. We'll have some people on to discuss that in further detail in the coming uh, weeks. Uh, sorry to hear that Pirate softball got uh, blanked and knocked off yesterday. Shane Winkler missed the game due to COVID protocols. The uh, first-year coach of the Pirates, uh, they were 20-36 and 36 on the year. Uh, Jake Kuchmaner, congrats to him. We mentioned this yesterday. Cosada Academic All-District 3 first team. Uh, not sure when Cooch is going to be back. Uh, Mike could be back sooner than later, but uh, at least as of yesterday, the word I got is he still was uh, on the shelf. But we'll see when Kuchmaner can rejoin the Pirates, and uh, certainly he would be a big asset to uh, what East Carolina is doing right now as they've hit seven straight wins, six in a row in the conference going into uh, play coming uh, up later on this evening. Uh, hockey last night, I am firmly off the bandwagon again as the Bruins extended the uh, first-round series with the Canes after a 5-2 win, Game 6 victory there in Beantown. Scoreless first, and then Boston opened the second with a goal, and it was uh, Katie bar the door at uh, that particular uh, juncture. Uh, it was Hurricanes coach Rod Brindamore afterwards saying that uh, the Canes got away from their game. We got down and we, instead of just sticking with it, we kind of tried to do too much. And, you know, like, again, you play on a team like that, they're going to make you pay when you, when you make those kind of mistakes. Boston and Carolina are now tied at three games apiece. Game seven is set for tomorrow in Raleigh. I thought I saw where somebody tweeted out it's at 430 tomorrow. Uh, but uh, it is going to be a hellacious game. Uh, game seven, and uh, the Canes will have home ice. So far, uh, everybody has held uh, serve. So uh, we'll see tomorrow. Uh, that would be certainly worth uh, watching. And, uh, you know, we, we we have so many big events in sports in North Carolina, and it is at 4.30 tomorrow. Uh, you have all these you know, huge events that take place. Uh, this has the feeling tomorrow is kind of one of those we'll always remember seminal kind of events, the game seven. Hope it lives up to that hype. We will see. Uh, congratulations, uh, Rose at South Central in baseball advance to the second round of the playoffs. Conley's season has come to an end. They lose 4-3 to Garner. Uh, ben Byron will have more on that coming up uh, in a little bit. Uh, we also have uh, Conley. They uh, rolled in softball yesterday, and South Central got a victory, as did Washington. So, uh, again, Ben will run through those scores uh, for you. And before we grab a break, and I mean, look, the, the Panthers and the NFL schedule, enough has been said about that. Uh, we know they open at home against Cleveland on September 11th. Uh, you can go a gazillion other places to hear uh, alleged insight and thoughts on that. But let's go with uh, a great local story. The city council unanimously honored uh, a great friend of mine and a great friend of uh, ours at the station and this company and, and really the community. Uh, they named the field at Guy Smith Stadium as Ronald R.V. Vincent Field. And I couldn't be happier for that. I think that's one of the coolest things. Uh, R.V., the all-time wins leader at uh, for baseball in North Carolina high school history. And, of course, has led the Rampants to seven state titles. They won the 3A crown last year. They're on to the third round this year as the top seed in the East. And here's the other fabulous thing about Ronald Vincent. 
Uh, they he won the state title last year. Remember, they played those games a little later because of COVID. They backed up the uh, baseball season, and thus the championships were like right before the Fourth of July. Uh, RV was back out there at a, a kids camp because <laughs> they ended up having to play it Sunday. That Monday, he was out there at a, at a rec camp for a uh, baseball camp for kids, and he could have very easily taken the day off or, or not shown up. But he said he been a lot of disappointed kids, so he went out there and. Uh, Ronald Vincent's uh, a heck of a nice guy and a heck of a baseball coach and uh, a great honor for the legendary uh, Hall of Famer RV. Congratulations uh, to the win yesterday, which I know what he is really concerned about, but he also is uh, such a sentimental guy. He really uh, is will be honored by this, undoubtedly. Okay, uh, we'll break and we'll return, and when we come back, uh, we'll get things started. Uh, on the Patrick Johnson Show, get you to the weekend edition. We've got uh, Mike Kelly due up. He is the AD and vice president at the University of South Florida, and uh, we'll talk to him about NIL and a lot of other things next. Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. This isn't your regular cola, so this isn't your regular cola ad. No beach parties or family barbecues here. Just Nitro Pepsi, the first cola ever infused with nitrogen. So forget everything you thought you knew about soda, because that nitrogen gives us a whole new experience. Think an infusion of smaller bubbles for a cola that's got a lighter, smoother texture. And don't get me started on the pour. You don't pour this like any other cola. We're talking turn the can completely upside down and watch as those bubbles cascade into the glass to create a frothy, luxurious foam topping. Can your cola do that? I didn't think so. Unless you've got your own Nitro Pepsi, in which case, cheers to your great taste. Because you already know that the only thing better than the pour is the unapologetic cola taste. What else is there to say? From the creamy foam to the smooth texture to its unbelievably delicious flavor, this is cola like you've never had it before. Time to bring your taste buds to the next frontier. New Nitro Pepsi. Smooth, creamy, delicious. You heard the saying, there are two things every American does, die and pay taxes. Well, there's a third, watch television. Listen, we all watch TV, but it doesn't need to be cabled. With a new dish about the size of a pizza dish installed on your home, you have TV of the future. Did you know with this new home service, you can watch TV at home on any computer or tablet that has the internet, even on your phone. Watch TV anywhere in the country, all with this new Dish TV service. You can go on vacation and take your TV service with you, even let your kids watch it at college. All for one low price, locked in for two years, and guaranteed to be cheaper than your cable bill. Call right now. 800 4766 6 
So go to ncdor.gov to see if your business is eligible and apply. Sponsored by the North Carolina Department of Revenue and the North Carolina Association of Broadcasters in cooperation with this station. For projects big or small, play it safe when you plan on digging and call or click 811 working days before you dig. 811 is the first step to getting your buried underground utilities like gas, electric, or internet lines located. Having these lines marked before digging helps keep you, your family, and your neighborhood safe. 811 is fast, free, and it's the law. So don't forget to make the call to 811. Sponsored by North Carolina 811 and the North Carolina Association of Broadcasters in cooperation with this station. Podcasts about the Pirates and Panthers are available. Sorry about that. I screwed it up. Let me do it again. Podcasts about the Pirates and Panthers available now online at the all-new 943thegame.com. And now, back to the P-Man, the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. USF AD Michael Kelly, also VP at the Institution with us. It's great to have you on. Thanks for the time. Glad to be with you. Thank you. A lot of time in North Carolina, a lot of time kind of wrapping up the uh, year with the uh, the American. Here we are uh, post-COVID in a first full academic and athletic year since that uh, bizarre season. How How's the conference made out in your estimation, and how's USF doing uh, compared to, you know, I guess a year ago? Well, obviously it's been a very challenging time for everybody in our in the world, really, but everyone in the country and in college athletics is no exception to that, but I feel that, uh, you know, I feel that the American has, has, has gotten through well. We were able to, uh, you know, in the last year or two, you've had teams in our conference make the Final Four, or you've had teams in our conference make the college football playoff, and I think everybody, all institutions are making major uh, investments to be the best that they can be to make the, uh, you know, the conference continue to get, get strong, and, and obviously we've got, uh, even as we look toward some different uh, membership uh make up in the, in the years to come we've we've identified schools that obviously are also investing and want to be at the top level of uh of athletics just like uh ecu and, and usf are doing so overall i feel it's in a really good place but one that's a very uh you know everyone realizes this is a time in college athletics where it's i i, I kind of refer to it as a, as a fault line kind of happening and with the transformation of d1 uh the committee that's really looking at division one and how you know, how, how Division One will be formatted in the future, and uh, you know, and all that's going to really come down to in, the investment being made in facilities, and ultimately the investment being made in the overall student athlete experience. And uh, so, it's just a, a lot to learn, a lot to take in at times. But I think we're navigating really well in the American, and as it relates to USF, we've been really bold and uh, aggressive in terms of uh, you know, working on facilities. We're just about completed with a. $22 million uh, indoor performance facility that we were able to raise. That'll be ready in September. And then we're, uh, we're actually starting some, some bold plans for an on-campus stadium, which for us as a, as a school that's only played football for 25 years will be a big next step forward. We're, we're fortunate to play in a great place like Raymond James, and we're, we're proud to be there. But as we start looking to our long-term future, it's, I think it's important for our athletic program and really for the university as a, as a whole from a campus life standpoint to have that kind of on-campus facility that I think we'll have in the next five or six years. Wow. Well, I don't think that's necessarily breaking news because there has been, I think, some reporting uh, on that. But why did you deem – oh, you sort of alluded to it there, but 
what ultimately was the tipping point to deem that was the important direction to go with the football program and, and having that on-campus facility, if you will? Well, it was important, but we also knew as part of uh, as part of sequencing, we, we, we definitely felt that making some improvements to our existing facilities and building an indoor facility was, was the next step in our evolution. And when we had our groundbreaking for that uh, this past uh, fall, um, our campus leadership led by our board of trustee chairman, Will Weatherford, and our president, Rhea Law, and and myself and others just uh, decided that was the right time to move forward with that kind of bold vision and ambition. And it's just, uh, uh, you know, it's something that uh, that we think the, the very best uh, programs to in, in the country and the best universities happen to have that going hand in hand. Uh, and we just don't have it yet. And it's, it's no criticism of the past. We did the right thing the best that we could. But as I said, it's a relative infant for a program that's only been around for 25 years we're, we're we're proud and lucky to have played where we where we do play in, in a super bowl caliber in a cfp championship game caliber stadium but eventually it is is awfully nice to, to own and, and have your own and be able to have that be a, a major you know major aspect of your of your campus experience well and and there's the ability too for that to be i i would assume more of a, a, a revenue source I and mean, you and i kind of talked about that back in the fall and uh, that's something that your your arena there has been over the years. The Yingling Center has been a, a revenue source. Now you kind of have that as a revenue source beyond football, potentially, if you decide to go that route. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you, you know, our, the deal of when you own a stadium as opposed to when you uh, uh, partner and, and rent it will open up a lot more revenue streams for, for us. So that, that's another important facet of it as well. So no, no doubt about that. Michael Kelly, Vice President and Director of Athletics, University of South Florida, uh, is in town in Greenville uh, with the uh, softball team. Coincidentally, the baseball team here as well. So uh, he's able to uh, to take in a, a lot of spring activity as far as sports go uh, for USF on the road uh, this uh, this weekend. Let me uh, ask you a little bit about you, you did allude to it uh, there to a degree, and there was a big kickoff last night uh, of – among uh, a select amount of of uh, people in the community and pirate nation of the kickoff of this capital campaign, which is geared towards building, as far as athletics goes, that indoor facility uh, for football and, and all sports, but mainly a football-driven uh, uh, building. And then there's also uh, you know some other improvements around the athletics campus, coming to the basketball arena, Minji's, uh, Clark Leclerc expansion as well. You know, a lot of people talk NIL, NIL. We're going to delve into that uh, here. But I, I thought it was interesting. The facilities aspect of that is almost uh, the, the way you're, you're, you're hearing, I'm hearing you kind of say it, and, and the way that ECU's kind of approaching it is almost as important because that's part of the, you know, it's one thing certainly to have some sort of NIL fund, I guess, to be able to, to call on and, and recruit with, uh, with these third parties. But... Uh, it's also very important to have uh, something when the athletes get to your campus, I, I guess, that's first class and, and top shelf. Well, there's no question. There's, there's so many different waves of things coming at schools and, and different opportunities and different examples of student-athlete empowerment over the last 10 years, uh, which it's for the most part have been very, very positive. Um, but it is going to require a lot of additional investment in the space that the universities can, and it's going to provide a lot of different choices that uh, donors and supporters need to make in terms of 
obviously they're going to, you know, you always hope to come, keep coming to the games and, and buying, uh, buying tickets, but then there's, there's more opportunities, whether it's going to be able to help some young women, men and women in the athletic program with NIL opportunities and advertising opportunities. But yet, even before a, uh, you know, a pirate or a bull takes advantage of the NAL opportunity. They, 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 they obviously are all already taking the, the opportunity for the scholarship and the cost of attendance and the room and board and everything that goes along with that. So those foundational needs haven't gone away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, 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 so obviously it's, it's not one that you can abandon one and, and, and choose the other. So the, in my opinion, the cornerstone still needs to be provided on on the absolute best student athlete experience that a university and an athletic department can provide. And then obviously providing the structure and the, the space in which student athletes can, can garner the best benefits and opportunities they can do through NIL. So it's, it's going to take a little bit of both, but the pure investment on the university and athletic department and hopefully majority of the donor side always needs to kind of remain with the, you know, with the facilities on the capital side and then obviously on the annual fund side in terms of, again, providing the maximum number of scholarships and cost of attendance and other benefits that you can already provide. People that you recruit are going to expect that at a minimum. And then they're going to expect when they come to campus and then, then hopefully there's other NIL opportunities they can, they can explore on their own at that point in time. The NCAA uh, the other week uh, announcing they're, they're, I guess for lack of a better term, going to crack down and they're trying to set forth some kind of guidelines for how the NIL groups athletes, uh, athletes' families, athletes' representation are, are going to uh, interact with one another. Too little, too late in your mind, or maybe not enough? Where I know it's very new, but where are you on this whole uh, NCAA creed of, uh, of last week? Well, I think the main thing to take away for, for me is that that was, I, I don't look at that as a new crackdown or any change of, of direction in terms of what NAL does, but it, 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 it probably is too late, not too late, but later than it should have been in terms of explaining and clarifying that the existing bylaws that still are still out there are still applicable. So for me, I just kind of took, took away that it's just a good clarification that, that while all the NIL opportunities are still there and still, still an opportunity for people to explore that it's, it's not meant to be any part of, you know, direct inducements uh, or tampering and things of that nature. So that was the main takeaway I took from the uh, from the guidance from the national office. I think that's all it's intended to be, and I think that's all that anyone has ever wanted this opportunity for the student athletes wanted it to be. So uh, it's unfortunate that it's kind of evolved into uh, such a major part in a headline grabbing thing of, of uh, again tampering and inducement and that sort of thing for for coming to school. But uh, ultimately. You want it, as I said earlier, it just needs to be part of your overall portfolio that a young man or woman evaluates when he, he or she chooses a school, and they should be looking at everything that already exists at the school and then look at what opportunities uh, maybe existing student-athletes have at that school as it relates to the marketplace or the NIL that they they can garner. So I thought it was good to get to get some guidelines out there, and it'll, it'll give some people a, a little bit better direction in terms of how and when things are supposed to be structured and when those kind of conversations are supposed to take place. As you know, as well as anybody, this is a state that's very passionate about college athletics in North Carolina here. Uh, and sure. so there are uh, no shortage of opinions from fans about any topic uh, involving college athletics. Again, as you, as you know quite well with your time in the ACC. So my, I, I, the thing that we're, I kind of hear from our listeners and from fans and 
if I go do a, a telecast somewhere uh, in the ACC, the, 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 what I often hear uh, among fans and among even some kind of rank-and-file administrators is the concern of uh, are these sort of coaches that have been around a little bit, uh, you know, Roy Williams, now Mike Krzyzewski, uh, others, Jay Wright, maybe you're just saying, hey, this is entering a, a, an area I'm not terribly interested in, in being involved in because among the items I have to deal with now, NILs included, and that's problematic on some levels. Uh, now you couple that with sort of the 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 latitude that the, the portal maybe gives athletes, which there's some good in that, I think. But from a coaching standpoint, they, they're maybe reading that at the same time fans are, that someone's transferring out of their program. Is, is this turning into free agency in a sense? Is that is that a concern among you and other directors of athletics? Well, I think there's no question about, you know, about that. And it's, I think it's been particularly exasperated in these first couple years of it because of the, not, you know, not only the ability to transfer one time without having to sit out, but then combining that with the, for many student athletes in recent years that got the extra year related to, you know, the COVID uh, pandemic. And, uh, you know, so that, that really exasperates it when you have people that kind of have this free year out of the blue, you know, my hope is while, uh, as, as that opportunity applies to less and less people, that it will become a little bit more, um, you know, a little more tempered. And then I also think that once you can kind of evaluate where people have landed and what where, where people have used the transfer to their advantage versus maybe it maybe didn't work out as well as they, they thought, and, and and that kind of information and data will will start to again enter into people's decision long term. So. It's it's going to happen. It's I think it's a good freedom of movement thing, but I, I, again, I think it'll start to settle down a little bit because of you know data, like I said, and because of the lack of so many people having this extra bonus year. And then I would imagine that there'll probably be a little bit more thought given to maybe some. So I think some sort of at least some oh I don't know time frames or some portal mm-hmm. restrictions as to when when people can actually enter and and and, and make their deals, if you will, at the new place, so that. There can at least be a little bit more structure to the to your term of free agency, which which is, which is a very good term at this point. So, right. I guess the point that many of those coaches would make, which is a valid one, is you know we've got bonus years, free agency, and really uh, far less regulation than than any of the pro leagues even, and that makes it extremely hard to you know maintain culture, develop a roster, keep track of who your opponent's roster is, and. I think it's even making a major impact right now in men's basketball scheduling in, in particular. Cause yeah. A lot of people like to you know, balance their schedule, make sure it's as, as uh, robust as it can be for non-conference play, and people don't even know who the heck they have and who the heck they're playing against yet. So <laughs> it's, it, it, it has a lot of impact on it. So my hope is that, unfortunately, it's, well, it, it's going to cause changes for forevermore, so that, that there's no doubt about that. It's a new world. But I do hope it settles down a lot because it, this is an awful lot to take in at one point in time for yeah. for anybody. <laughs> uh, we've got Michael Kelly with us, VP and AD at the University of South Florida. My, my last thing for you, you were the COO with the college football playoff. That is uh, largely viewed as a made-for-TV situation. Uh, it does seem to make sense from a television standpoint, but I think as a truthfully a fan interest standpoint, and I think it's actually good for – the American, and like schools, if there is true playoff expansion. Obviously, it makes sense why the SEC would, would want that now with what's coming down the line 
uh, with them and, and quite frankly other conferences as well, the Big 12 that's about to have three members from the American uh, join them likely a year earlier than, than the bylaws uh, kind of lay out. With all that said, uh, you were sort of there at the ground floor of this CFP being init- initiated into college athletics. Was it set forth with the design to, yes, it makes sense to expand this playoff uh, back in those days of yore, or uh, was it four and, and that was done and now we're just sort of negotiating those finer points? Where are you on the whole expansion of the playoff, and, and is that a good thing for potentially USF, East Carolina, and others down the road? Well, in, in terms of the one part of the question, when you know what was anticipated when it was started, you know, back in 2000 and well organized, if you will, back in 2012 from a conception standpoint and took effect in 2015, it was, um, uh, you know, four was the best compromise and, the, and a great step forward from where we had been, you know, through the 20, close to 20 years of the BCS, and, sure. which was a major evolution from basically sports writers picking it on New Year's day after New Year's after watching <laughs> a lot of bowl games. So, so there's been a lot of good evolution as a, you know, you know, going forward. And, and I think everyone realistically knew that even when it was at four, there would, there would eventually next be the cry for more. And personally, and from where I sit as an AAC athletic director, um, I, I was very pleased with the compromise or the, the proposal that was put forth by the, for evaluation last summer. And, and, uh, I think as we talked in the fall, I, I really wish, you know, uh, if I, if I would have, if I was a voter, I had a, it was a commissioner in that room, I would have really been supportive of it. And I thought, I thought it was good for everybody overall and for college football, but obviously wasn't able to get the kind of support that it, that it needed. And hopefully, uh, that was just a matter of timing that, that as, as things kind of settle down with other aspects of what you and I have been talking about this afternoon, that, that will still lead to that, uh, that type of expansion. I, I think it's really important, uh, you know, for the American, I was so pleased that, you know, our conference champion last year was able to get all the way to the playoffs. So it shows that it can be done. Right. Right. But a lot, an awful lot of things had to happen the right way for Cincinnati to, to do that. And they had to perform at a, basically a perfect level. <laughs> um, but, but I would love for, you know, when you can get to having 12 teams instead of four teams or, uh, and then and therefore when you look at it and say, Hey, if you win the the conference championship, you know, at the beginning of the season, <laughs> you have a really good chance, not a guarantee, but at least a really good chance to get in the playoffs. And I think that's all we're asking for in the American. And, and with, with our conference champion having, I believe, would have been the highest rated champion in five out of the uh, seven years or, or what have you so far, I think it speaks volumes to the caliber of play we've had. Um, and then glad that we're all still investing in it and trying to be the best we can. But, you know, I just think it's just a great step forward for us to to know that we we do our job and, and find a way to win the American that we have a very good chance to get in the playoffs, and I think that's all our our, our players can you know are hoping for. Uh, Mike, we always enjoy your uh, insight and really appreciate your time. Thanks, and enjoy the rest of your stay in Greenville. Thank you so much. Great to be here, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, thank you, Michael Kelly, uh, USF VP and AD. We're breaking, uh, and we're going to talk with Tom McClellan on his final day uh, at ECU after uh, nearly two decades uh, as the uh, primary media contact for Pirate Football. Lots to talk about with him, and we'll do that after Ben Byram updates you with this 94-3 The Game sports update. 
Thanks, Patrick. Let's take a look at what's happening around Pirate Nation. Huge news as EC Athletics announced yesterday the Pirates Unite Capital Campaign, revealing plans for baseball building expansion, Minges Coliseum renovations, a multi-purpose indoor practice facility for football, a weight room construction project, expansion to the Williams Harvey team building, and a women's swimming and diving locker room renovation. Meanwhile, ECU baseball begins their series at home tonight against South Florida. It's set for 6.30. We plan to bring you live pregame and play-by-play coverage at 6.15. But current word from Clark Clare Stadium is that there's tarp on the field right now and that they expect weather delays. Stay tuned on our social media pages on Twitter and Facebook at 943 The Game for updates on the status of tonight's game. Elsewhere in college sports, former Memphis and Arizona quarterback Grant Gannell has committed to North Texas. Memphis has announced that they will spend $150 million for renovations to the Liberty Bowl. And Wake Forest fires women's basketball coach Jen Hoover after 10 seasons. From the NFL, Jarvis Landry is set to sign a deal with the New Orleans Saints. Broncos receiver Jerry Judy was arrested on misdemeanor domestic violence charges. He made $1,500 bail today. The Las Vegas Raiders trade receiver Brian Edwards in the seventh rounder to Atlanta for a fifth rounder in next year's draft. And New England Patriots backup Jared Stidham has been traded to the Raiders. For Major League Baseball, Chicago White Sox ace Lewis, or Lucas Gelito has been placed on the COVID list. New York Mets catcher James McCain will miss about six weeks due to a broken wrist. And LA Dodgers pitcher Clayton Kershaw has been placed on the injured list due to inflammation in one of his joints in his right hand. From the NBA, 76ers forward Danny Green suffered a torn ACL and LCL in Philly season-ending loss to Miami. Speaking of the Sixers, James Harden claims that he will stay with Philly regardless of what happens. And the organization also announced that they will keep Doc Rivers and Boston Celtics center Robert Williams, the Time Lord, is still questionable for Game 6 tonight against the Bucks due to left knee soreness. Wrapping up for the NHL, Penguins star Sidney Crosby is out for Game 6 against the Rangers due to a concussion. That's going to do it for your 94th City Game Sports Update. I've been bombed. Tom McClellan on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Every Monday during the NFL season, get the latest on the Carolina Panthers as Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network joins the P-Man. Bring on the good stuff, universe. This and every Monday right here on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station for the ECU Pirates. Warren's Hot Dog Pizza. Homemade lemonade. Hey, Pirate Nation, Warren's now has two locations. In Greenville, across from Ron Ayers Motorsports, and the new Chocowinity location next to the fire department. Stop in today for hot dogs, pizza, subs, apple and peach turnovers, homemade lemonade, and breakfast in Chocowinity featuring homemade cheese, ham and chicken biscuits, plus sausage dogs, and more. Warren's Hot Dogs. Want some? Get some. Go Pirates! Are you shopping for a new boat but can't find exactly what you want or don't want? Check out Pair Custom Boats in Washington. They custom build your boat with no more or no less than exactly what you want. You can design it yourself with Pair Custom Boats. Towers, T-tops, no T-tops, forward seating, rear seating, or just a flush deck. They can customize your wants and needs in one of their four models. And the big news for 2022 is there are now two new models being introduced this year. The 
new 25-foot and 27-foot models will be great additions to the Pair Customs lineup. Call today, 252-717-7009. Visit the website at pairmarine.com or come see us in Little Washington, North Carolina. That's 252-717-7009 for Pair Custom Boats. Or visit the website and check out all the models at pairmarine.com. You can sit down and build your own custom-built center console with Pair Custom Boats. If you've been injured in an accident and need cash now before your case settles, Oasis Financial can help. Last month, Oasis helped over 3,000 people. Why not you? If you have an attorney, call Oasis Financial today at 877-266-9107. It takes just three minutes to apply. And once you're approved, get $500 to $100,000 of your settlement in as little as 24 hours with no risk to you. That's right. Get $500 to $100,000 within one day. If you lose your case, you don't have to pay Oasis back ever. So call Oasis today to see if you qualify at 877-266-9107. That's 877-266-9107. Better days start today. Get the cash you need with Oasis. Call Oasis today at 877-266-9107. Oasis is currently not providing legal funding in Arkansas, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, North Carolina, North Dakota, or West Virginia. Who is that again? I don't know that number. Please hold for a very important and message. And skip. You can skip robocalls, but don't skip your well visits and recommended vaccines. They help protect you. So ask your doctor or pharmacist about any recommended vaccines you may need. Really? Again? And skip. A public service announcement from Vaccinate Your Family in collaboration with Merck. <laughs> Your home of the ECU Pirates, Dan Patrick and Adam Gold, 94.3 The Game, Eastern Carolina's home for sports. And now, back to the P-Man. Back, 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 back. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom McClellan. We spare no expense, Tom. On the Patrick Johnson show, you know how the Hintons roll. Oh, good. That, yeah, I think that were uh, is a better uh, translation from booze. You know, so I'll take that. Thank you very much. No need. We were, you know, Patrick. We're simply behind the scenes people. You know that. I know, and I know this is a little out of your comfort zone. So I'm very excited you uh, agreed to do this it is. Uh, today. Today is no. Tom's uh, last day as uh, the. Assistant Athletics Director for Media Relations at uh, ECU. So it's very nice to have him uh, with us here. The great news, he's staying in Pitt County. We'll get into all of that. But uh, thank you so much for, for doing this, Tom. And let me, if I don't say it during the course of this thing, let me just off the jump say thank you for making uh, the job for myself and all of our colleagues uh, so much easier over the last 17 years. Patrick, I really appreciate those kind words. I can only hope that things go as well with the non-sports people in our media community moving forward. But uh, thank you. It's Again, we kind of joked around about that earlier, being in a service business capacity. And I believe very strongly in that, and uh, I, I fully intend to stay in that mode as long as I'm working, which hopefully is, a, is many more years. Yeah, well, hopefully so. So I, well, since we're sort of on that subject, uh, the good news is, again, you're staying in the area and you're going to be working Absolutely. With, with Pitt County Schools. So what will you be doing with them? 
public information, uh, kind of a, I wouldn't want to call it a throwback because we're always uh, evolving, improving, whatever uh, term you want to use. Uh, but it is kind of back in my wheelhouse, so to speak, Patrick, uh, dealing with with uh, media specifically, uh, whether it's Board of Education meetings, whether it's handling something for Dr. Lanker or any of the team within uh, PCS. So it's, uh, yeah, I'll have some uh, input into what is now considered new media, social media, uh, working with a very talented individual by the name of Zach Pomeroy, who served as the interim PIO, and uh, and working with uh, Beth, Beth Olfers uh, in the foundation role, in the PR role. So I'm looking forward to it. I think Dr. Lenker's done a tremendous job of putting a team together that works with each of our strengths. Yeah, well, this is great. And, uh, again, for me, the best thing is, you're staying in the area. You like the area. And, I mean, in your business, uh, there is a – it's not like coaching in the exact that you always kind of have to have your bags packed at all times. But uh, but there <laughs> is – not. Yeah, but there is a little aspect of that to your business, though. There is. You, know, you never lose the on-the-clock, so to speak, 24-7. Um, goodness forbid anything uh, bad happening. Uh, that's the world we live in, so you have to be prepared for that. Uh, this I did not take this job for quote unquote weekends off. Again, we're always on the clock, <laughs> right. and, and I'm and I'm here to serve Dr. Lenker and the uh, PCS community uh, to the best of my ability. But uh, no, I, you know the the long long hours we have in athletics and PJ, you know better than anybody what those consist of. Uh, everything was so regimented in this job I have here now. Let's just talk about football season. Uh, Sunday is is an all day uh, thing where right. you get prepared for the for the next game. Monday is uh, getting prepared again for the next game in terms of logistics. Tuesday is our press conference. Wednesday is uh, coordinator reveal. Thursday is credentials. It's it's traveling plans. Friday is press box setup or traveling, getting you know dealing with other media. And I'm gonna go back to Wednesday. It's usually our our Zoom day, our our dealing with ESPN day, and Saturday's game day. And let's say you're on the road, you get back at two or three o'clock in the morning, and you got to be in the office on Sunday. Um, and I'm not. Uh, overcooked with that at all it's just something to do a little bit more different and the biggest thing i can say is that um no it's i'm not a couch potato but there's got to be a day where you can recharge and and get creative and i wasn't able to do that in this particular job i i, I didn't serve anyone well when you're out of gas uh 24 7 during the week yeah and that that's one thing i'm really looking forward to is to have uh, some some recharging to do. Uh, I can help out a little bit more on the creative side. Just just brainstorming and and being of value uh, to Dr. Lenker and the family at PCS. Tom McClellan, Assistant Athletics Director, Media Relations, ECU. Now starting on Monday, a new job with Pitt County Schools. I think I have that timeline right. You talk about recharging. You're correct. Usually, you take a you build a week off in there, McClellan. You build a week <laughs> in, but no, you're going right back to work. Come on, man. Well, this kind of Patrick, this kind of shows you how stupid I, I've been in, in my past life. 34 years in the in the media relations business on athletics, um, I've accrued something like 480 vacation hours. It's not bright. Let's just be a, a reminder, uh, a life lesson for everyone out yeah. there. Uh, do what you have to do. I think you approach it the right way. Where I think you tell me you're going to be out of town for a week or doing something yeah. with your family, yeah. which is wonderful. And uh, my work, quote unquote, was always more important than that. And I, you know, to be honest with you, I missed out on a lot of great things. Yeah, that's the thing in this business. I think a lot of people, uh, I mean, I, I, 
I don't have children. We're not planning on having children, but I mean, I have nephews and a niece, and you miss out on those things. Yeah. Uh, you do miss Absolutely. out on friends' weddings. I mean, I've I've done many ECU football games and game day coverage and missed weddings. Weddings I was asked to be in. I mean, it's just it's kind of yeah. the way it is, and you don't regret it because you can't live with regret. But I mean, I I think you do no. miss out on a lot of things, and, and I think you and your wife. Uh, again, I'm I'm kind of observing this from afar. You know, you had a daughter that played sports. I think you tried to, to be there and support her and root her on as much as you right. could. And But that's a tough thing to do during certain times of the year. Well, I, I tried my best to make it a priority. Uh, Jessica and I had great times together. I would uh, take her during the winter when things were, I wouldn't say slow, but slower yeah. uh, with my duties here, you know, handling football but not basketball. So we were able to make a lot of trips to these different tournaments with ECJBC, uh-huh. uh, and I really enjoyed that. But – I'm in a Temple press box when she's playing for the state championship at Rose. Yeah. And that's not good. And I, 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 I do have regrets about that, you know, PJ. And uh, that's something that um, I'm not real happy with. She is forgiving as any child could be, and I love her for that. But uh, And she made the best of it. But And that's what you kind of go back on. And thankfully, uh, I've got an incredible wife, Joanne, who, who decided to um, get involved. And she's done stat work for ECU, for Georgia Southern, for Stetson, other places I've been since I've been in this business. And that was one way we worked on being together. Uh, of course, it came at the cost of her laboring <laughs> and helping our operation out a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, your wife, Joanne, I mean, you, you noted it. Uh, it's not uncommon on football game days, even some baseball game days, to see her in the press box. No, she she has a an uncanny mind for sports, believe it or not. Uh, she knows more about baseball than I do. She's also the first female official scorer for American Legion World Series. Oh, wow. Uh, and does the regional in Asheboro. She's enjoyed that part, and this summer she'll be with the Wood Ducks. Oh, okay. So, and, and I get to enjoy minor league baseball a little bit, uh, something I love the sport itself yeah and i'm looking forward to that very very much but uh she she loves baseball and uh if there's uh if nothing's on hallmark or hctv that's what we do mlb tv every night well let, let me so that's because i mean again you're the behind the scenes guy uh and i yep. want to get into some of your ecu stuff but i mean so the, i'm just gonna i'm gonna you can verify or deny or or, or answer the question <laughs> uh the the ritual for tom when you got to the to the town for a road game was a little little watching the Friday night football game, and a little pineapple yeah, little, action. Yeah, a little yeah, action yeah. and a little pineapple pizza. Yeah. A little pineapple pizza. Am I Correct. right about that? Uh, yeah, I, I won't lie until I stepped on the scale and had to do something different, <laughs> and then it was uh, then, then it was a sandwich and a, and a dried up salad. So uh, <laughs> no, it, that that's kind of my routine. I uh, I'm not a guy that uh, goes out and carousing, and and we had some pretty cool cities in this league, obviously with uh, New Orleans and Houston. Yeah, yeah, and it. And thankfully, you know, my family, uh, when I was very little, I kind of was born and grew up in Connecticut. So that was always a cool trip to see family and cousins and aunts, uncles. And then Houston, where I grew, grew up, uh, high school, elementary school, uh, middle school. I've got a lot of friends there. and I was able to spend time with them, along with uh, some family members that still live there. And so that, those are two really neat trips. And you're an Astros fan, right? Absolutely not. No. Okay, you're not an Astros uh, fan. I, All right, who are you? No, I, I uh, all right, that's the question. Baseball. Who are your teams? Who are your teams, Tom? I want to know. 
Well, I grew up, grew up a Dodgers fan, and then uh, when I lived in Georgia, we did the worst to first thing with the Braves. Right. And I kind of fell in love with them, and that's kind of stayed the stayed the course. Okay. For most, so we watch every every Braves game, uh, and the Dodgers uh, kind of fell off my grid, so to speak, about three or four years ago. Okay. Uh, I was pulling for them when they played the Astros, based on the trash can incident in the ah. Astros dugout. So uh, no, it's uh, you know what. Honestly, to kind of touch into your line of work, PJ, I love watching games. Braves come first, obviously, but I love watching games that have good broadcast crews. Uh, so I, I'm an in-the-closet Mets fan. I think those guys are tremendous. Right. Pirates, Giants, and I kind of pick the games based on the broadcast crew, and those are, uh, and I really enjoy them. And, and typically they involve older uh, broadcasters <laughs> who don't yell, and I really enjoy that. <laughs> So the modern style of uh, – of because this is what's interesting. In the broadcasting world and in your world, we are developing storylines for the telecast or for the radio broadcast. Absolutely, yep. And so you have a little bit of a hand, I don't want to say in crafting that, but at least in providing some details for that. So I find that kind of fascinating. And, and it seems like that's the thing now. I mean, there will be times I'll do – uh, games, not necessarily for the ESPN Plus for ECU, but maybe some ESPN Plus or ACC network stuff for... for uh, and not everybody's like this. I don't want a broad stroke here, but no. you know, we're asked now as play-by-play men maybe to ask the analysts probing questions uh, during the broadcast. Now, a lot of those, I'll right. pull back the curtain, but I mean, how do you feel about kind of that? Because that to me seems like a big evolution in this sports media thing, particularly the telecast industry, is that we're we're more now into uh, yeah, I, into the storylines. Uh, the action, no, I, sadly, I, I, is secondary yeah. in some cases. Right, I, I think the engagement between the play-by-play person and the analyst is wonderful. I, and I, and you're right, Patrick. I see more and more of that every day on uh, on Major League Baseball, where the two the questions are asked, and that prompts engagement, which I really, really enjoy. I think the Mets are really good at that with uh, with Gary Cohen and uh, Ron Darling and Keith Hernandez, and and they spread the wealth, so to speak, on their broadcast, and, and that's what I really, really enjoyed. It was a thrill for me last year. Uh, with ESPN talent, a lot of those guys in the fall do do college football. So we had, I think, three maybe weeks in a row or three of four weeks where we had Major League Baseball talent calling our football games with John Sadek, who does Navy football and the Reds. Uh, Dave Fleming does Giants games along with John Miller. He, he's active on college football. Yeah. And we had uh, Jason Benetti, who's the White Sox broadcaster, doing one of our gathering, the Cincinnati game. And it just it really was cool for me to to have zooms with those guys and talk a little bit of baseball before Coach Houston got on. This is what is uh, interesting. Tom McClellan, final day at ECU. Uh, he'll be starting with Pitt County Schools. Tom has been the media liaison between ECU football and uh, and us slobs in the media for a number of uh, years. So uh, let me let me you ask, said it, not me. Let me ask you this: I like this kind of relaxed Tom. I like the comical Tom, by the way. All right, let me ask you this question uh, here, because this is uh, and I've kind of lost it, but we're we're just we're, this is organic. It's happening here with Tom McClellan right now. Let me let me ask you this though: it, it seems like. Uh, I pr- I certainly appreciate the job that media relations does, especially in a uh, blossoming further uh, getting a chance to do more uh, of those sort of neutral set broadcasts, those telecasts, if you will. So do you right, do the you streaming? Yep. Yeah. So that, that's this is an interesting relationship in my mind between, let's say, the national guys, ESPN or ESPN Plus or whomever, CBS Network. 
the way they rely on you and then kind of dealing with the the local media on a daily basis that that they're they're two different dynamics are they not they are they are very much so and what we have to remember at times sure let's let's take very good care of the talent let's get them prepped uh, whether it be national uh, or or regional, uh, for example, the SEC network, the ACC network, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But we can never, ever forget about the people who are here every single day, uh, i.e. you, uh, Stephen Igos of the world, um, Pat, you know, Pat with the Daily Reflector. Those are the people that are here every day, uh, 94.3 the game. Uh, people that uh, that cover us on a daily basis, that's always, in my opinion now, my opinion only, has to come first. Do your job, be professional, take as good a care as you can of the uh, folks on the national level who are doing the broadcast, or even the inquiries we get from, let's say, the Brett McMurray's of the world. Right. But don't ever forget about people that are here every day. We got Tom McClellan with us uh, here. Uh, Tom is going to recharge the batteries for a whole 48 hours before starting his new career. So <laughs> this, is, uh, this is the world that Tom uh, McClellan occupies. All right. Uh, you arrived at ECU. Uh, a little bit of the salad days. You got here in 05, and Skip Holtz was the head coach. Oh, what, what One year. Oh, no, you, oh, I, I oh, you got okay. Thompson. You got one year of John Thompson? I thought it was 05. My math is terrible. So, all right. So, That's okay. So, oh, so you had to survive John. Okay, this is even more intriguing. Uh, so you got the second year of Thompson, uh, and then kind of the salad days. You got Holtz. You got McMill, right. uh, McNeil, Coach McNeil, who I know you had a good relationship with. Uh, right. Scotty Moe, which was a tough period, David Blackwell for one whole game, and then now Mike Houston. So uh, that's something like uh, five or six head coaches and, and seven coaches total, something like that. But uh, five, five yeah. coaches, yeah, okay. four six, and then five or so ADs. So okay. yeah, so so that too. So uh, in your job, well, let's just what what brought you to Greenville? Uh, what what made you decide that this was a job you wanted to pursue? Well, I was on my career path, and and I had. Really enjoyed my time at Georgia Southern. I had two stints there, uh, right out of school. Well, I would say right out of one year of grad school until I got a full-time job doing basketball at Georgia Southern in 88. Uh, I just took, you know, Patrick, I took progressive steps. I wanted to, okay, first let's get a full-time job in this field. I loved it, and I still do. Don't don't get me wrong at all. I loved it. Uh, then my next step was to be a director, run my own office, which I had the opportunity to do at Stetson University, Division One private school in Florida, a uh, great baseball program. Program. And then I said, you know, I really need to work Division One football uh, at some point in my career. I had the opportunity to go back to Georgia Southern. The people there are tremendous. And then, you know, thankfully for me and my visibility, we had Coach Paul Johnson yeah. uh, named head coach in 97. And then, you know, he only went 62 and 10 after five years, won a couple of national titles. Uh, and then I said, well, the next step for me is to see if this stuff works at the Division One A level. As you notice, I'm really careful because we always uh, felt some kind of stigma with 1AA, 1A. Mm-hmm. Now it's FCS, FBS. But I, at the time, I really need, need to do this at the FBS level or 1A level. And I was um, you know, granted the opportunity to serve East Carolina and try my gig at this particular level. And, uh, and I've had nothing but incredible memories, great times, a lot of winning. And, and each coach uh, brought something different to the table as far as my job was about all all great uh, and and their relationship with myself and our office yes yeah, some were one more than others uh but it didn't change the relationship i had with them with each one of them 72 i could, I could yeah go ahead 
good. I, I can I can cite things from from my experience with every coach here that are very very positive, including Coach Houston, who, my personal opinion, I, I believe strongly that he is he's doing great things here, and uh, I've already predicted nine three eight and four. Oh, at the very at the very at the very worst. See, this is the great maybe thing. even maybe even ten and two. Okay, this is the great thing now. <laughs> you get to you get to get in the prediction game like the rest of us. You, you, you get yeah, kinda, exactly. You get to kind of shoot your mouth off before the season like the rest of us do. Yeah, I think PCS has a water cooler, and I can stand by it and uh, you know and, and make my own commentary. So, all, po- all positive, PJ. All positive, and I really believe that's going to be the case. We're going to take a timeout here. More with Tom McClellan coming up, and all weekend we've got Pirate Baseball as well on ninety-four-three. The game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, as they will host USF. So. Uh, Lots to get to, as there always is this time of year. Stay tuned. More of the Patrick Johnson Show gets you to the weekend Friday edition with Tom McClellan, media relations contact for ECU football on his final day in just a bit. And Pirates. Later, Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Atavola in Greenville is your local marketplace. Atavola offers diverse menu selections, casual lunches, and family meals ready to go. At Atavola, they specialize in the creative use of fresh ingredients, seasonal menu selections, and fun culinary creations from the kitchen that will satisfy even the pickiest taste buds. Treat yourself to lunch or dinner today at Atavola, and make sure to join them the second Wednesday of every month for their free wine tastings. Atavola Red Banks Road in Greenville. At the Vidant Wellness Centers, happy starts with healthy. And we all need a little happy and a lot of healthy. That's why we offer exercise equipment and classes. I know. They're indoor pools and personal training, too. And more wellness services. Like nutrition and yoga. With no annual commitments or hidden fees. Zip, zilch, nada. Because here, it's more than a gym membership. It's a happy, healthy relationship. Sign up today at VidantWellnessCenter.com and... Don't forget to bring a friend. (laughs) Need $1,000 to $10,000 immediately for a gift for someone special, car repairs, or unexpected expenses? Time Financing Service offers competitive loan rates. Apply online and get your answer in less than an hour in most cases. Then you can pick up the cash at any of our 24 convenient locations. Apply online 24-7 at timefinancing.com. That's timefinancing.com. Time Financing Service. All loans subject to current credit policy of Time Financing Service. One-hour loan approval and same-day cash in most circumstances. Exceptions may apply. Hi, Bobby. Hey, Sarah. The usual. This is the last time I'm coming here for coffee. I'm on a budget now. One sec. Cold brew for Blake? It's Jake from State Farm. Sarah, don't give up what you love. State Farm has policy options to get you a surprisingly great rate. Good. I need my iced oat milk latte with caramel and cinnamon on top. Girl, me too. For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. In a world where a single touch can threaten the surfaces of your home, there's Microband 24. Just one spray fights bacteria all day. Bacteria incoming. Shields up, defenders. When used as directed, Microband 24 sanitizing spray forms a defensive shield that keeps killing 99.9% of bacteria for up to 24 hours. Touch after touch. Threat eliminated. Microband 24. Don't just sanitize it. Microband it. Now spraying in a store near you. 
Starting OMG, hey, it's been forever. I'm so ready to see North Carolina and turn right in 52 miles onto the Blue Ridge Parkway for epic views. Then continue ahead on Highway 12 and hit the beach and take exit 33 for a city excursion with museums, games, concerts. Sorry, I'm just so excited. Everyone could use some adventure. Get back to a better place at visitnc.com. Sponsored by the NC Association of Broadcasters and Visit NC, a part of the Economic Development Partnership of North Carolina in cooperation with this station. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. The final day of Tom McClellan, uh, and uh, we wanted to have a chance to talk with Tom. He was good enough to give us a few minutes, more of a behind-the-scenes guy, but... Uh, here we are, and uh, you're staying in Pitt County. That's the good uh, news. Uh, you arrived here uh, at 04, back end of John Thompson, but really 05 uh, was uh, kind of a, a good time to be involved here because you had uh, Skip Holtz coming on the scene. So 120 games uh, over a decade's period of time between Skip Holtz and then Ruffin McNeil, and uh Pirates won over 70 of those games. That's uh, pretty much the salad days of, of Pirate football in uh, this uh, modern era. Of course, uh, Coach Houston bringing it back uh, after uh, some down times. But uh, that was a really good little run. What stands out uh, to you in that uh, time? And, and I think Skip Holt, who doesn't get enough credit, breathed a lot of life into the program. Uh, what stands out uh, to you from, and what do you remember the most about when Skip Holtz uh, merged on the scene in Greenville in 2005? I think that's very accurate. I, the the parallel between Coach Holtz and Coach Houston is really amazing. Uh, both believe in defense, and that's how we won championships here uh, during uh, during Skip's era was was defense. And and you got to remember too. Uh, and I'm not going to downplay Conference USA or or upgrade the American. Skip played who he played, and he won. He took care of business. That's really all that matters in this bottom line industry. Uh, and I know Mike is approaching it the same way. Uh, and Coach McNeil, uh, with Lincoln Riley and, and great recruiting, did it by outscoring folks. And that was, that was a lot of fun to be part of those teams. Uh, people like Justin Hardy and Shane Carden. Oh, yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean there, there wasn't a defense. I believe Coach Smith really did a super job, uh, especially the 13, 14 seasons. Uh, you know, and I remember guys like Damon Magazoo just playing a huge role in that. Uh, but, but let's be honest, they outscored everybody they played for the most part. You had the opportunity to uh, obviously be a part of two uh, championship seasons with Coach, Coach Holt and then some landmark wins right. during Ruff and McNeil's time. And there were some landmark wins with, with Skip as well. When you look at uh, – let's just stick to those that kind of that, – that 10-year era, if you will, whatever it is, 10, 11 seasons. What moments from those two coaches stand out? I'm going to sound like a, just a plain old regular guy. I, I look at obviously the two conference championships, uh, the one over Tulsa on the road when I think we were a maybe 20 plus point underdog. Mm-hmm. If you recall, yeah. PJ, they, Tulsa came into the game averaging over 500 yards a game. And there was, it's like a pinball machine. There's no way you're going to stop them. And again, defensively, we put a lot of pressure on that guy. And I think he, they had seven turnovers. The guy threw 
four or five picks. Same thing happened the following year with Case Keenum in Houston. A lot of defensive pressure, a lot of turnovers, and we did enough on offense to win. Uh, obviously, I recall uh, under under Skip the Hawaii Bowl over a very good yeah. Boise State team. And, and, and needless to say, the the thirteen season with uh, with Coach Coach McNeil uh, winning the Before Brady's Bowl down there uh, in, in pretty spectacular fashion, following up in fourteen uh, by uh, by beating Virginia Tech on the road, and then obviously North Carolina here. That's the one everybody always comes back to. Tom is uh... sure understandable. Uh, again, I think I said this to another person that uh, the Virginia Tech game might have been more impressive considering the game was on the road. And uh, I, I remember that morning watching College Game Day, and Mark May picked us to win, and, and he's usually pretty close to, to the shock scale value, and yeah. uh, he was right on it. And, and Shane and, and all those guys had one heck of a game. I got to think Navy this past season is probably pretty cool too because that's you know a, a yes. record field goal to win the game. Doesn't happen every day. Hey. No, no, and, and the way Owen hit that uh, with, with what was riding on it was was really really big, and and, and again another weir- weird parallel, uh, the uh, the game that we won the last time we beat Navy over there was was on a missed field goal by Navy coming down, and we played one heck of a game slowing them down. Yeah, uh, Tom McClellan, which I guess was Dominique Davis's year. It was yeah. yes. Tom McClellan is with us. Tom uh, today wrapping up business as the primary football contact with media relations for ECU. Assistant Athletic Director for uh, Media Relations, uh, and uh, Tom is uh, moving on to Pitt County School. So the cool thing is uh, Tom will still be in the area, and uh, if you see him in the grocery store or the drugstore, you'll probably still see him in those same grocery stores and drugstores, uh, I'm, I'm sure. Yes, and that'll be everyone else's misfortune, unfortunately. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So Coach Houston, let me ask you about uh, – you know his tenure. Obviously, he takes over uh, a program that uh, needed some rehab. Let's let's not uh, sugarcoat, right. and has done a fabulous job in doing that. You've already said they're going to go undefeated or something. I, I forget what you said earlier, but uh, you you are going to do very very well. Just yes. let's, let's leave it at that. I like it. I like it. And, All right. Yeah. So, um, but you know what a what a weird couple of years with the the COVID deal, right. and then so your business completely changes because. Once it's determined a season is playing, you still have to disseminate the information. You still have to work with these broadcasters who are in Albuquerque, New Mexico, or Des Moines, Iowa, or wherever calling these games. Uh, But your job still stays the same, and you've got to find a way to do that. It used to be the old conference call. You mentioned Zoom earlier. Uh, and uh, right. twist your arm as I might, you wouldn't do this on Zoom, but that's okay. Uh, but uh, how is all that? Well, how is social media? How is Zoom? How has all that changed your your business? Well, I've always been one, and I was misquoted a long time ago for some story uh, that was written on my uh, whatever it was my 25 year anniversary in in the sports information business that I hate technology. <laughs> on the contrary, I I, I embrace it. Um, my point to this to the writer was. I hate it when it interferes with human interaction. Uh, it, it was not, it's not intended to replace human interaction, uh, us being service-minded, uh, but I embrace it and how it's made our job so much easier. And, and Patrick, we can go back to statistics alone. Uh, I remember, and I'm not going to date myself here, but after you did a doubleheader in baseball, finding the nearest typewriter and having a little red red pencil and a calculator and updating all the stats yeah. on a typewriter. Yeah. So I... I, I love technology, and it's been a huge help. Now it's added to our our life here, so to speak, on our job, where 
we didn't have a website before. We made calls on a 1-800 number and you punched in your, your card number and that's how you called the media with, uh, with information pertaining to the game. So now it's made our job very easy, but it's added some steps. And then the advent of social media, uh, incredible way to tell your story even more incredible way to message strategically it's wonderful uh but yet that's another facet that has been added to our plate so to speak but now i you know during the the covid era as i hopefully now call it it's over with i know we're still dealing with it obviously but uh the Zoom world was very practical, effective, and really it broke down any walls of of not being able to communicate. So right. it was a it was a great way to prove that we can do things remotely if we have to. I still prefer the one on one, sit down, let's have a discussion. But if that's not possible, like it wasn't during COVID, it's been a great resource for us all. In the era of uh, sort of athlete empowerment, and and I, I hate to use that term because. I think athletes have always had uh, voices if they've choose, chosen to and, and the ability to to do uh, their brand or, or whatever. Now, the rules have loosened up on that quite obviously. But in this sort of new era, this new normal, as far as that goes, uh, to me, your job is made even more difficult because athletes have a little right. more autonomy now than, than maybe they, they used to have. I don't want to say difficult. Yeah, just, it, it may be different. Your job's a little different now no. because it comes back to – I think if with you, you've got solid relationships with a lot of these guys – so if you're asking them to mm-hmm. do something, by and large, they they will they'll respect you enough to do it. But I mean, they they could also go out and do an interview for Lord right. knows who or with Lord knows who, uh, and and you haven't coordinated that. So that that seems like a well a challenge now. I, I, I agree, and and if we had 125 Holt Nailers on our team, life would be grand. Trust me. Uh, that doesn't mean to say that we have problems. There's not. I just. In my opinion, PJ, the NCA or whoever uh, has to regulate some of this stuff. Right now, it's a wild west, um, I, and I do believe the argument that student athletes should be "quote unquote" compensated or taken care of for bringing the the amount of dollars to the school. That's one thing, but they've got to have uh, some regulation involved with this, or it will get out of control. And and, and I joked with someone the other day, uh, and this again, uh, this. The decision I made is more about a, a quality of life and work work balance, but uh, it's also getting really close to professional sports, something that I've never had a desire to go into. And that's where they've got to be very careful uh, on how they proceed from here. I want to uh, just give you a chance if there's anybody you want to thank or anybody you want to make mention of that we haven't asked you about so far. I hate to do to do lists because I uh, inevitably will leave someone out, but it all starts down our you – know, here coaches talk about our room, the tight end room, the quarterback room. It starts with our hall up here in Ward. Uh, I can't thank Malcolm Gray. He's not only an incredible coworker, he's become a really good friend. Same goes for Chip Welch, who handles a bunch of other sports here. Um, they have been – by we've been by all of our sides since uh i think malcolm's uh malcolm beat me here as an intern uh-huh. uh, back in 0403 and chip graduated from ecu as malcolm did obviously but chip graduated uh was here for a handful of years uh went home to greensboro for a couple then first opportunity had to come back here he did and uh he, he's been a uh a, uh just a, a rock for our office as well. So it starts with, with those two down our hall. And then, then the wonderful people that have had opportunity to work with earlier here, people like Jody Jones, who spent many years at ECU doing his thing with basketball. I'm indebted to him for all he did. Uh, and, and many other people that have, that have worked here. 
Uh, and again, I, you know, I came here, Nick Floyd hired me back in 04. Uh, he was the interim AD at the time, felt very comfortable with him. And then, you know, thankfully for me, I was blessed with, with Coach Holland coming here uh, during a, a rough time. Uh, for the athletics department and because he's such a wonderful people person and, and, and valued us as human beings, it, it made working here such a joy and we were all one big family. So I, I'll also be forever grateful for coach Holland and Ann for being part of the EC community. Go on vacation, take a vacation, McClellan. Come on, take a fall vacation. Well, uh, That's uh, what you need to do. Let me tell you this, the fall vacation, very, very, <laughs> I've only done like one. And it was on an off week. Very, okay. very underrated, the fall vacation. Well, that's, in my opinion, I've lived here now for 17 years. just the most beautiful time of year in this uh, this area. Yeah. And I might take you up on that. You should. Do a little fall vacation. Yep. Hey, Tom, thanks. Or, or, or cheering on the Pirates on Saturday. Well, I hope you, I, I know you'll be doing that, but uh, just take a little fall vacation. I think it'd be great. Hey, thank all you right. for... Uh, Good advice. Thank you for all you've done, uh, and thank you for your time here today. Thank you, PJ, very much, and uh, I also... Uh, I'm grateful for this opportunity. Take care of yourself. Will do. Thank you very much for uh, for being on with us here. All right, there he is, Tom McClellan. Thanks to him. We uh, also appreciate uh, Michael Kelly, VP and AD at USF, for uh, stopping by earlier. Back Monday, we'll go inside the ECU clubhouse with Cliff Godwin uh, following this uh, weekend series with USF. And as always, thanks to Ben Byron for everything that he does. We'll see you Monday on the Patrick Johnson Show. Have a great weekend, everybody. Country Mart stores of Pitt County are locally owned and part of your community. At Country Mart, they offer that great Shell gasoline with Shell rewards that save you money at the pump. And these days, that's really important. And don't forget Smitty's Restaurant at the Highway 11 store with great lunch specials daily and Pat's desserts that will be the best you've ever had. The Stokes location also offers hot food. Country Mart with two locations, Highway 11 between Greenville and Bethel and Highway 903 in Stokes. Texas Roadhouse in Greenville is happy to support the community. At Texas Roadhouse, they not only want to be your favorite restaurant, they also want you to know they love this community and love supporting it. From providing food for charity golf tournaments to their school support programs, Texas Roadhouse is there when the Greenville community needs them. Also, it doesn't hurt that their food is awesome. Steaks, ribs, chicken, you name it, it's legendary. Texas Roadhouse, Southwest Greenville Boulevard, Greenville. HealthWise Pharmacy rounds the bases with all of your infusion, retail, compounding, and medical equipment needs. Locally owned and operated by pharmacist Marcy Parker, HealthWise has grown to be your most trusted provider for infusion services. Currently providing in-home or on-site infusions in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia. Visit HealthWise Pharmacy at 615B South Memorial Drive or call 252-295-0059 to speak to a patient service representative to find the option that best suits your needs. I'm with my health insurance agent, Bill Jenkins. Bill is an employee benefit specialist and life insurance agent from Town Insurance. Bill, give us an update on Town Insurance here in North Carolina. Town Insurance is a top insurance and employee benefits agency in North Carolina and ranks in the top 50s nationwide. 
We have primary offices in Greenville, Kinston, Wilmington, Raleigh, and now Charlotte. And Bill, what are areas Town Insurance specializes in? With our experienced account management team, we specialize in employee benefits, including group medical, dental, life, vision, disability, and voluntary options for employees. We compare these options with several of the best carriers in the market and assist businesses on benefit administration as well as employee education and enrollments. And how can a business best contact you to review their employee benefits program? Give us a call, 252-756-8300. Call today as the best time is now to come to town. It's back. The 2022 Kings of Q Barbecue Cook-Off and Festival. The fun starts Friday, May 20th and goes through Saturday, May 21st in downtown Aden. This North Carolina State Barbecue Championship is sanctioned by the Kansas City Barbecue Society with rides, vendors, crafts, a beer garden, and live music. But what would the Kings of Q be without barbecue? Eat the best, all from where barbecue lives, downtown Aden. Be there for the 2022 Kings of Q Cook-Off and Festival, May 20th and 21st. Ben Barm here back at the 94 through the game studios. If you're expecting ECU baseball's game one of their series against USF at Clark Claire Stadium, it has been delayed to 7.15. We will be back at the top of the hour at 7 o'clock for live pregame coverage with Scott Rogers and the legendary Dr. Gary Overton. In the meantime, we're going to switch over to Fox Sports programming. Stay tuned to our social media pages at 943thegame on Twitter and Facebook for live updates and the current word from Clark Clare Stadium. <laughs> 